We thank you, Lord, that in our lives there are no more limits. As we cooperate with you and as we walk out those things that you put in our heart and as we walk in the word of God, we declare no more limits in our lives. Lord, I pray that you would speak through me, think through my mind, speak through my lips. Thank you for utterance for these people today. In the name above every name, and everyone said amen. Amen. You may be seated. The opposite of being limited is having his boundless blessing in your life. And here's a couple of the things that we have talked about concerning no more limits. In other words, if I'm going to experience no more limits in my life, there must be no more strife in my life. Because walking in unforgiveness, walking in bitterness, harboring those things will limit us in our walk with God and where the blessings of God are concerned. Additionally, if I'm to experience no more limits, there must be no more pride in my life. Now, we understand this, that humility produces exaltation in our lives. When we live a life of humility under the mighty hand of God, He then will exalt us in due time. And then we've discussed this, if we're going to experience no more limits in our life, we must have no more ignorance in our lives. My people are destroyed for the what? For the lack of knowledge. Now, I like something Paul prayed over the church at Colossae. And I'm going to turn to it. You don't need to turn there. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 9. He was constantly praying for them. And here's one of the things he prayed over there in Colossians 1, 9. He says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, we do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will or filled with the knowledge of his word and filled with the knowledge of his plan for your life in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. You see, what we don't know can hinder us. What we don't know can limit us. Now notice the rest of this uh, context. It says that you may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing being fruitful in every good work. That sounds to me like no more limits. And increasing in the knowledge of God. Being fruitful and increasing is the plan of God. So to experience no more limits, there must be no more ignorance. Additionally, we must not allow ourselves to become distracted with the cares of this life and with the things of this world. Say it with me, no more distractions. Remember, we looked at what Jesus spoke to Martha. He said, Martha, Martha, you are troubled and easily distracted about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken from her. And so in this world in which we live, there's distractions on the right, there's distractions on the left, but we can make a choice every day to stay focused and to keep our thoughts and our mind fixed upon Him. Focused. Fixed on Christ's unlimited supply every day. Say it with me. Every day, every day, every day. Now, What we want to talk about this morning is something that I'm quite sure that you will hardly be able to contain it. 
You'll be on your feet as soon as you hear the subject matter today. That is this. If I, if Pastor Mark, Pastor Bender, Pastor Tom, I, you, all of us, if we are not going to be limited in our life, there must be no more faithlessness. No more faithlessness. Faithless is the opposite of being faithful. Faithlessness will hinder us. Faithlessness will contain us. But faithfulness will cause us to increase, have plenty, have abundance, and receive everything that God's got for us. Are you interested? Now, faithfulness is a fruit of the recreated human spirit. Look at Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. And the Amplified, it lists all those different fruits of the spirit. But notice with me, the last one is faithfulness. Faithfulness. So faithfulness comes into your life as part of the attributes of the God who is faithful. And he has placed that into your spirit at the time of the new birth. And as you grow by feeding on the word, and as you grow by nurturing the gifts and the attributes that God has placed on the inside of you, then faithfulness, like love, should be abounding. Faithfulness, like faith, should be increasing in all of our lives. Now, I know without a doubt that God has placed certain gifts and certain qualities in your life that he has placed in you for the advancement of his kingdom so that you might be used mightily for God in this day and this hour. In the body of Christ, there are There is no such a thing as any unused members. There's no such a thing as any person that has not received a gift from God. You've all received the gift of time. You've all received the gift of a talent. If not one, maybe more. You've all received the gift of a treasure. Somebody says, all I have is a nickel. That's five cents more than a lot of people in the world have. And if you will place that nickel in his hand, I know that we serve the miracle multiplier, Jehovah Jireh, who will increase the fruits of your righteousness and cause your seed to be multiplied. Amen. So let's work with this today. Matthew chapter 25. Matthew, the 25th chapter. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them goods. And unto one he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his ability, and right away he took his journey. First thing I want to say about this is that, this. We ought not to compare ourselves with each other. Now I look at Pastor Tom on the front row, and he's a five-talent guy musically. Now I'm about a half-talent. I cannot compare myself with the talent that God gave Pastor Tom to the talent he gave me in the area of music. 
Pastor Tom is called to lead us in praise and in worship. Now, I can take my half talent and I can join in. And I can bring my supply of praise and worship. I may not sound as good as Pastor Tom, but when it gets to the throne of grace, it pleases God if it's done out of a pure heart. I can take my half talent and I can sing in the shower. I can worship God from the rising of the sun till the going down of the same in my car, in my house. I can run up and down, hallelujah, hallway, and I can sing Jehovah Jireh, my provider. I can worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. All day long. So I'm not going to compare myself with him. And you shouldn't compare yourself with another brother or another sister that is talented or gifted in an area that you are not in. Discover your gifting. Discover your talent. Honor it. Hold it up before the Lord. Give it your best and God will increase it. Whoo! You see, he's not just looking for quantity. He's looking for faithfulness. I have to look at myself in the mirror on a regular basis and say, Mark, are you and have you been faithful to what you have been given? And that's a question each and every one of us need to examine ourselves from time to time. We need to do a faithfulness checkup. Well, why did he give the one five? Why did he give the one two? Why did he give the one one? Because he knew their abilities. And he knows your abilities. He knows what he places on the inside of us. Notice verse 16. Then he, then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. In other words, he was faithful to steward those talents and God doubled it. And likewise, he that received two, he gained two more. But he that received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. He dug a hole and he refused to do anything with what God had given him. He hid it. And after a long time, everyone say long time. The Lord of those servants came and reckoned with them. This is prophetic for you and I. Because there is coming a day where we all will give an account. And in verse 20, he said, And so he that received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents, and behold, I have gained five more talents. And his Lord said unto him, well done, thou good and faithless servant. Did he call him faithless? No, he called him faithful. You have been a faithful over a few things, and now I'm going to make you ruler over many things. Enter in to the joy of the Lord your God. Now, we could say that he was pleased with that. And your father is pleased when you utilize what he's been given for his glory. Hallelujah. As a matter of fact, when we walk and live in this principle of faithfulness, oh, hallelujah, we bring great pleasure to our father God. Amen. Now notice in verse 22, 
He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained the other two beside them. And his Lord said unto him, read it with me, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter thou in to the joy of the Lord. Here's what I want you to see. They both received the exact commendation. And the reason why, it was because it was the same faithfulness. Faithfulness matters. It matters in this life, but it also matters in the life to come. You know that when we get to heaven, we're not just going to be floating around and hanging around each other's mansions and drinking lemonade all day. I believe that God's got a plan for you and a plan for me in heaven. And he said, I'm going to make you ruler over many things. That could be on this side, but it also could be on the other side. Oh, hallelujah. So you sowing this seed of faithfulness and living in it and operating it has eternal weight. Hallelujah. You should be able to shout about that, but maybe you haven't been faithful. Same results. Just as faithful. He rewards faithfulness. And so the most important thing that we can ask ourselves from time to time is what are we doing with what he has given to us? I'm going to tell you right now, without exception, over here to my right and to your left, over here in this section, over here in this wonderful section and this wonderful group of people over there, without exception, we all want to hear, well done. Come on, somebody. We all, we want to hear, well done. If your talent is a one-talent spirit of prayer, you take that spirit of prayer and you pray by the leading of the Holy Spirit over whatever He has you to pray for, and you will be rewarded for being a faithful prayer. Hallelujah. I mean, the head of the church, just picture this. You know, we're not always going to be doing what we're doing this morning. Amen. There's coming a time where the eastern sky is going to split. The trumpet's going to sound. Woo! Glory to God. It's going to be such a loud sound that dead in Christ are going to rise first. He's coming back in the clouds of glory, and then we which are alive, and I believe it's going to be all of us, we're going to be caught up. Woo! Glory to God. Yes, we are. Yes, I am. Yes, we are. We're going to be caught up, brother. We're going to be caught up, sister, in a cloud of glory. And we're going to meet the master in the air. Picture it in heaven. God calls your name. I mean, the head of the church calls your name. And he says, Bob, Sue, Bill, Betty, 
Well done. Well done. You've been faithful to serve in your local church. You've been faithful with your attendance. You've been faithful to pray. You've been faithful with your time. You didn't let your business rob you of your relationship with your children. You didn't let your time get out of balance and stay in front of the TV for hours and hours on end when I was wanting to talk to you. You were faithful. When I knocked, Bob, you opened. When I called you to serve and clean up the church, Sue, you were there. That's one of the qualities about God. When you define faithfulness, you can define faithfulness in one word, and it's God. And we're going to look at qualities that what makes him faithful. One of them is he's always there. He's always there. What about us? Thank you, Lord. Moms, dads, church members. Brother, where art thou? (laughs) Moving right along. So you hear, well done. We want to hear, well done. You've been faithful here. Now come on. Come on in. Enter in. Whew. You think you had some joy services that heart of the bay? You ain't seen nothing yet. Amen. By the way, our rejoicing down here is a demonstration of a great expectation of His glory. Come on in. Enter in, son. Enter in, daughter. Hallelujah. Well, Pastor, I haven't been faithful. What do I do? Make the adjustment now. Here's the good news. God is not into condemning. He's into convicting and He's into lifting people out of a state of faithlessness into a place of being faithful. Here's the good news. The trumpet hasn't sounded yet and there's space now to make some adjustments. I've had to make adjustments, and I've been in the ministry for almost 40 years. Just because I'm a minister of the gospel, and I'm an ordained and licensed minister of the gospel, does not mean that I have carte blanche into entering into the joy of the Lord. I must be as faithful as you are with what I've been given. And if I've had to make adjustments, I just sense in my heart that there may be at least one or two here today that might need to make some adjustments. Now, I don't know, Rick. I could be wrong. I'm not counting him as unfaithful. He's faithful. I I, I could be wrong, but there may just be a few. And so we can laugh about it. And that's good to have a sense of humor while you're preaching such a strong message. But the bottom line is this. There's space, but a little space left. And we're sobre deste. And whatever you are going to do, and whatever you are going to sow, and whatever he has said in days past, 
It's time now to do it. It's time now to be about my business, saith the Lord, and put your hand to the plow and move forward because time is short. Oh, the rewards are great. I'm looking for a people that will say to me, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, to your will and to your plan, I shall obey. Hallelujah. Say with me, yes, Lord. Woo, yes, Lord. Lift up your hands right now and say, Lord. Yes, Lord, to your will. Oh, yes, Lord, to what you put in my heart. Oh, yes, 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 Lord. I'll sow that. I'll serve there. I'll spend more time in your word. Say it again real strong. Yes, Lord, yes. Woo, glory. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. And no one can do what you've been called to do the way that they are supposed to do it. You have been chosen by me and ordained by me to go forth and bring forth fruit. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In other words, he would just as soon use you than to have to find somebody else. Hallelujah. Are you still with me today? More importantly, are you still with the Lord? Verse 24, then he which had received the one talent came and he said, Lord, now, I knew that you are a hard man. See, he had a perverted image of the Lord, reaping where you've not sown and gathering where you have not strawed. So he believed some negative things about the Lord. You know, the enemy will come along and say, well, you know, you just got this one talent and that's not much. You might as well just forget it. The devil is a liar. He will try to work on your inadequacies and in your insecurities. He will try to put those lies before you. You just put that turkey on the run in the name of Jesus. Now, here's the real thing in verse 25. And he said, and I was what? I was afraid. Fear will keep you from being faithful. Fear will keep you from doing the will of God. Fear will keep you from stepping out. But faith in God and faith in the God who lives on the inside of you will help you to step up and to step out and to step in to the plan of God. He said, I was afraid. And I went and hid my tail in the earth there thou hast is thine. Verse 26, And his Lord answered and said, Thou wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I sowed not, gather where I have not strawed. You should have therefore put your money to the exchangers, and at that my coming, I would have received mine with usury. Now here's the thing about the Lord. He expects a return. He expects a return. I believe that that's one of the reasons why I'm still alive today and strong and healthy and ready to go another 20, 30 years. The reason why is because he's put so much in me. He's made so many deposits in me. But I know this, 
that the deposits he's made in me is not for me to sit around all day and drink lemonade and sip wine and watch sports all day so that I become an idiot. He didn't heal you so you'd be more comfortable watching television. Peter's mother-in-law immediately when she got healed, she rose up and she started serving them. Say this with me. I've been saved not just to survive. I've been saved to thrive. And I've been saved... Not to be served, but I've been saved. I'm saved to serve. Find somewhere you can serve. Find someone's feet that you can wash. Find someone that needs encouragement. Find someone in a hospital that has no friends and has no relatives. Seek out the stranger. Clothe the naked. Feed the hungry. Come on, somebody. There's someone that you can be a blessing to. But he expects, this is, this is what I want to labor on just for a moment. He expects a return. How many of you work out in the marketplace? Nobody works? Okay. Maybe that's why we've had the shortfall. I don't know. Tongue in cheek. But if you work out in the workplace, perhaps you're a salesperson or maybe you're a warehouseman or whatever the case may be, there is an expectation from your employer to perform. There's an expectation from your employer to execute. If you're a salesperson, they have goals and they have quotas for you to meet. If you don't step up to the plate and you don't hit the ball, you may not have that job very long. Why? Because of faithlessness. Now, you take a coach and you have, for example, a coach may have a a five-talent professional basket player basketball player on his team and this guy is a superstar how many of you know that in the world of sports there are super superstars and there are journeymen amen there are role players in basketball on the golden state warriors steph curry is a super star amen And what they have around Steph Curry are several journeymen and several role players who can come off the bench and give their level best for the team so that the team can win the NBA championship. But if a coach has a superstar that has a lousy attitude, if a coach has a superstar, and the NBA has been filled with them who would not show up to practice on time, who would get on drugs, who would do things that really disqualified them from being, listen, multi, multi, multi-millionaires. And today, many of them have nothing 
because they were so full of themselves that they wouldn't do what was required to go and to stay and to move to the next level. I want to tell you something. God's got a next level for you. God's got a next level for this church. God's got it. You may not see it. You may not recognize it. But I'm telling you by the word of the Lord today, God has got more. He's got a next level. He's got greater things in store for you. But every day, we must stay qualified. Every day, we must stay disciplined and stay focused and stay in the Word and stay in prayer and keep honing the skills and the talents that God has given to us. Hold them up before Him honorably and let God be God and let Him increase you more and more. Who say it with me? I'm going. I'm going to a next level. I'm going higher. Now, the Word of God says it like this. You're going from one degree of glory to the next. I'm going, we're going from glory to glory. I'm going, and we're going from strength to strength. Hallelujah. Now, I intend to do whatever it takes to grow. I intend to do... Whatever it takes to keep moving higher in God. I intend to be a better preacher and a better teacher next week than I am this week. By the grace of Almighty God. And in your job and in your employment, you ought to be able to increase, to hone your skills, and to say, you know what? I'm on this planet for a purpose And I'm not going to just go through the motions and coast through my life. I'm going to do my very best for the glory of God. Amen. 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 He deserves it. Say it with me. He deserves it. I mean, how would you like to be going to a doctor's appointment and you need surgery and the doctor comes in drunk? And the doctor's supposed to be a cardiologist? And he's never performed this open heart surgery before? No. No thanks. Well, no, I'm not a cardiologist. I thought they called a veterinarian. I ain't an animal now. <laughs> that would not fit with you, would it? And so it does not fit with us coming to church and bringing our leftovers. Our leftover time. Our leftover energy. Our leftover money. He deserves all the glory. He deserves our very best. Raise your hands and say, Lord, I purpose in my heart. I make this consecration. I know you have saved the best. 
of the best for the last days. Therefore, I purpose in my heart not to hide my talent, but to use it for your glory. I consecrate today to give you the best of my time, the best of my talents, the best of my treasures, the best of my energy. Help me be the best dad. Help me be the best mom. In the name of Jesus. Somebody said amen. So your heavenly coach. He's here. And he's striving to bring out the best in you. You know, when I was a freshman in college, I went and tried out for the freshman basketball team. And I was a good basketball player. But at the age of 17 years old, quite frankly, I was full of myself. And I thought and acted like I was better than anybody. So I went to this college in kind of a farm community. And I'm a city boy. And I'm thinking, I got these country boys beat. I can... I can, I can beat him with my eyes closed. And the coach came up to me and said, What are you doing? Who do you think you are? You're not hustling up and down the court. You're not playing defense. You're taking 35, 40-foot shots. And you're not even following to get the rebound when you miss the whole hoop. And he had a stern talk with me. And he said, you're good. He said, but as long as you act like that and play like that, you will never play for me. And I thought, okay. I get the message. And so I gave it my all from that day forward. And I made the team and I made the starting lineup. But I'll never forget the expectation that that coach had for me. He saw my potential. He saw my talent. But he's saying, you better get with it. And I just can't help but sense today, our heavenly coach is in this place today. He sees your talent. He gave it to you. He sees your potential. And for some of you, He's saying, son, daughter, it's time to get with it. Verse 28. Say it with me. We are better than just coasting through life. In verse 28 and verse 29, it says, Therefore, take the talent from him and give it unto him which has ten talents. Well, that's not fair. The Bible is not a socialistic Bible. That's where this government has been heading into socialism. Well, it's just not fair and all that baloney. God gives you a talent. God gives you a gift. And if you become a multimillionaire, more power to you. Just serve God with all your heart. God rewards the faithful. Now notice in verse 29. For unto everyone that hath shall be given. And he that and shall have abundance. 
But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he has. Lord, let it not be so. Let it not be so. We want to be faithful. I want to be faithful. You know, I, I look at guys like Ricky Edwards, Brenda's brother, and I am amazed at what God has done for that young man. I'm amazed at the grace of God upon his life. God can take a dirt farmer from Pawnee and make him a millionaire. And that's what he's doing for him. God can take a person that grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. It doesn't matter what color your skin is, white, yellow, black, brown, or red. God can put his anointing and his giftings upon your life and it will confound the wisdom of this world, but it will make your father happy and he can bring you into a wealthy place. But in order for him to do that, we must not have a victim mentality. We must have the mentality of a victor and of a winner. I said it earlier, I'm living on the victor side. I'm on the winning team. You're on the winning team. And you and I, where are we living? Where are we living? We're living on the victory side. Now, let's just look at a few rewards or benefits for those that will be faithful. Look at Psalm 31, verse 23. Psalm 31, verse 23. Everyone say hallelujah three times. Well, Pastor Mark, this isn't the way to grow your church, preaching message on faithfulness. No, I believe you want to hear this. Hallelujah. Psalm 31, 23 says, O love the Lord, all you his saints. Now look at here. For the Lord, what does he do? What does he do for the faithful? Now that word faithful there means he watches over, he guards, and he keeps. I like his keeping power. How about you? The Lord preserves the faithful. It's not for people that show up to church twice a year. Somebody says, Pastor, couldn't you just be a little bit more politically correct? Uh uh. I'm more interested in being scripturally correct than I am being politically correct. Plus, I'm preaching this in love. And love never fails. Say it with me I love His keeping power. So then we should be on a quest in our lives. What does it mean to be faithful? We're going to look at those qualities next week. But here's what faithfulness produces. It produces preservation, protection. It produces a hedge about you to keep you. Now turn to Psalm 101 verse 6. Let's look at that verse. Psalm 101 verse 6. Hallelujah. Notice this, my eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land, and they, that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. I want you to pay particular attention to that phrase, 
when you are walking in faithfulness, you will dwell with him. That word dwell there carries with it this thought that you shall experience his great presence in your life. It has been my observation that those that are faithful please God. And when God is pleased, he just pours out his saturating presence into your life. Then look at Proverbs 13, verse 17. We see that divine health is connected with the faithful. Divine health. A wicked messenger falleth into mischief. Say, that ain't me. But a faithful ambassador is what? A faithful ambassador is health. So we know that by his stripes we are what? We are healed. But I tell you what, when you position yourself through faithfulness to be under the spout, hallelujah, of divine health, the divine healing is going to pour forth into your life. And then lastly, turn to Proverbs 28. Proverbs, the 28th chapter and the 20th verse. So we see that faithfulness is connected to health. Now, this isn't of works. It's just that when God sees somebody that's faithful, he's pleased. He'll preserve them. He'll keep them. Look at Proverbs 28, 20. Oh, man, this is a good verse. Did you wear your shouting clothes today? Notice it says, a faithless man shall abound with blessings. Well, now, Pastor, it doesn't matter whether I'm faithful or not. We're under grace. You know, it doesn't matter whether I show up to church or not. I mean, you know, I can, I can live this way. I can do that. I'm under grace. Don't you see, bro? I'm under, I'm under grace, man. Yeah, you are under grace, but don't push grace to the limits. <laughs> Amen. And so, understand this. That to qualify for abundance and increase, faithfulness is a huge key. Yes, it is. Blessings. Everyone say blessings. Yes. Another translation says a faithful man will be richly blessed. Not just blessed, but a faithful man shall be what? Richly blessed. The word Uh, Abound means to increase or to become great. Hallelujah. The word richly means abundantly, amply, and magnificently. And so this faithful man is going to abound with what? With blessing. Now, I've said this before and I'll say it again. How many of you know you can't bless yourself? Can you bless yourself? No matter how hard you try, you just can't bless yourself. That's how a lot of people have gotten the credit card debt, is they've tried to bless themselves. Trying to keep up with those Joneses over there. (laughs) Or those Browns over here. Or those Thomases. Now, you don't have to keep up with anybody. You just keep up with the Lord. You see, driving a new car isn't a sign of the blessing. It can be a manifestation of the blessing on your life if you go about it in the correct manner. 
But if you get an automobile to impress someone and you get in debt so high here that you can hardly see over the top of the bills, that, my friends, is not a blessing. That's a curse. Look at your neighbor and say, that's a curse. Or if you go out and buy a bunch of new clothes, I got some new shoes on today. I got me some new shoes. They're so big, I tripped over them today. You know, the Bible says pride goes before a fall, and I fell really strong. But I got some new shoes. Now, years ago, I would have had to charge them. But thank God, someone paid cash for them. I got some new shoes. I got a new attitude, yeah. So you go out and buy a bunch of clothes and get your hair all looking nice. Go into debt to do it. Just to try to look good. That's a curse. Because how many of you know that bill day always comes? Say with me, bill day always comes. It always comes. Yeah, but Pastor Mark, I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. I'm under grace. Yeah, but being under grace doesn't mean that you don't use wisdom. See, I've been redeemed and you've been redeemed from the curse of the law in order that the blessing may come on you. So the blessing is available and it will come on you and faithfulness will position you for greater blessing in your life. Look at Proverbs 28:20 again. A faithful man or woman a faithful man shall do what? Abound with what? I said all that to say this, the blessing part is his part. The faithfulness part is our part. If we'll seek first the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. His way of being and doing right. Then he said, all these other things, they're going to come upon you. They're going to be added to you. They're going to overtake you. Hallelujah. We want to be faithful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's just raise up our hands and start praising. Hallelujah. Is that really your desire? To go higher in me. To go deeper in me. Then you need to open your hearts and receive the Word of God. Receive the Word that was preached today. For the Word is a seed. And the seed can either fall on good ground or it can fall on hard ground. You are the determining factor. If you will, by faith, everybody say this with me right now. Say, I receive the Word of God. The Word of God. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. That you are helping me. That you are helping me. Through the me power of the Holy Spirit. By the power of the Holy Spirit. To be faithful. 
faithful. To be faithful. And because I will be faithful. And because I am faithful. I can expect. I expect. A blessing. A blessing. To abound. To abound. In my life. In my life. In every area. In every area. Now, some of you by faith right now just do this. Say, Father. Father. I open. I open. My heart. My heart. I open my life. I open my life. Every area. Every area. To you. To you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Oh, now let's lift our hands Lord, and thank him. We want the windows of heaven to be opened unto us. Yes, and we have to open our hearts. Yeah, that's it. We open wide. Open wide. Open wide yes, our hearts. This kind of teaching, that seed needs to be watered. Let's just take a few minutes and just pray in the Spirit.